Welcome to the Rouge Church Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we are so honored that you're listening in. We believe that faith should be a place of refuge and rest. So our community, we exist to help people follow Jesus so they can experience a life of rest in Him. Each week during our Sunday gatherings, small group gatherings, or even just our one-on-one discussions together, we talk about what it really looks like to follow Jesus in our time. And on this podcast, you'll find a collection of those very conversations. So we hope that this podcast is an encouragement to you. And wherever you might be in your faith journey with Jesus, we hope it inspires you towards your next step with him. Last week, we started a brand new series talking about the season of Advent, or as most people know, uh, the season of Christmas. I didn't grow up in, in the church community, so I, don't know, I didn't know much about Uh, the phrasing of Advent. And I know not all churches go with um, the the liturgical calendar always. I mean, in a sense, honestly, we do. And you might not even know what that means exactly, and that's that's completely fine um, because it's not super-duper practical. But there are some some things. If you'll notice, uh, every year, Christmas is around the same time of year. Uh, Every year, Easter is around the same time of year. And so these are part of a liturgical calendar, which was a cycle uh, to wait, a way to walk through the year when it came to a person's spirituality. And so the early church started to develop these calendars um, just so that the, the global church could just walk through uh, their spiritual walk in connection together across uh, uh, cities, across nations, across the world, and kind of walk out together. And, and wherever they were to move, be uprooted, and go to, they could all kind of have this um, thing in common that they were walking through during that time of year. Um, and they also wanted to focus on some of the most important aspects of our, our faith in that liturgical calendar. So they decided to include this season of Advent, or as some of us, like I said, know as Christmas. And so this is a season where we stop and reflect on the birth of Jesus. Um, Why did he come? Why did he come in the way that he came? And what does it mean for for the world now that he has arrived? I mean, what what was even the need for him to have come in the first place? Unless you grew up in a a Jewish context, you don't really have a context for a need for a Messiah or what a Messiah, the implications even of a Messiah or Christ would be. And so Advent uh, literally just means coming or, or waiting or this anticipation. So it's a season where, and I, I love this because it also leans into the fact that we all have seasons in our lives where we're waiting, where we're anticipating God to work and do a work. I mean, even in the last series, we were talking about God here and now and how God is moving in our church community and how we want to see God move in our lives and in our communities and in our families and on our streets and how we really want to see God move. And we, we have seen God move. We've seen God do things. We've seen God come into the world and just break through in people's lives and transform them. And, and we have anticipations and hopes of what he's doing in the future, but we also know that God is doing something right now in this, in this, in this very moment. And so the season of Advent is about that anticipation and excitement of Christ doing a work. 
in us, through us, anticipating what he's going to do in the coming kingdom, in the, in the future when God makes all things right and, and heaven meets earth and, and everything is restored as the, the book of Revelation um, anticipates and describes for us. But have any of us ever, while waiting, while expecting something to go a certain way, have you ever had something go off course? Have you ever had something not go according to the way you'd planned it? I um, am very much so a type A personality. I love to lay out plans, have a master plan for for things. Uh, I think this is one thing that Felicia would love to change about me if she could. Um, literally for our wedding, we put together, well, I put together um, full lists for people who were participating and helping out uh, what their description was, what they were doing. Um, I even took pictures and like labeled all of them, what time they needed to arrive and do what they needed to do so that the, when the day came around, the reason, the reason I did this was so that when the day came around, we wouldn't have to think of any of it. We wouldn't have to think about any of that. And I, I love to make plans like this. Uh, but there are certain things in life, both as small as just organization and as, as large as uh, what you expect out of your life and your vision and your, your plan for your life. Um, there are times when things don't go the way that you plan for them to go or the way that you anticipate for them to go. And, and I think it's the, it, no, I know that it's, it's exactly the same for when we're anticipating and we're expecting God to show up in our lives um, and we're expecting it to happen in a certain way, in a certain time frame, uh, and, and it doesn't happen. And set, set, it sets in with massive discouragement or it sets in with a, a, a loss of um, faith in God actually coming through in, in certain scenarios and certain times. And the Christmas story speaks to this um, in an incredible, incredible way. If you look at the story of Mary and Joseph, their plan for their life was full of disruptions, full of changes that they had no idea and plans that they would ever encounter. Let's pick up in, in Matthew 1. Uh, verses 18 through 25, it says this. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah, the king, the one who would come to establish and restore the nation of Israel, the, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Uh, during the time, they wouldn't have called it engagement, but maybe betrothal or a, a plan to uh, be married to this individual. It, it was an arrangement for this marriage to happen. They were, in other words, there were, were plans to get married in the future. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. We talked about this last week. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. He thought that this was not what she was saying. I mean, the, I, I, I don't believe that, that he was just running from her because he was ashamed necessarily of what was happening, but perhaps that he didn't even think what she was saying was true. And you see 
the angel intervene. He didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Verse 20, as he considered this, as he thought about these things and maybe even made some plans to do these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message about his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive. This is picking up from, from Isaiah when he prophesies this, verse 23. Look, the, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which in Hebrew means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Like we had said last week, just to recap a little bit, the people of Israel were anticipating the coming king that would help reestablish them, that would help them um, restore their relationship with God, would help them establish themselves as people and follow in the ways of God in absolute fullness. And so they were waiting for this king to arrive to help them be able to accomplish this. And there were, there were many, many prophecies foretold about this, beginning with Abraham and his promise to the nations. Going down to each particular prophet and how God would veer them back. And then later on in the prophets, and most explicitly in Isaiah, they would begin to paint this picture of the coming Messiah and what this king who would reign would look like, what he would act like. You see Jesus talking even to John the Baptist, and John the Baptist asks him, Are you the one we've been waiting for? And then he starts to quote from the prophets. People are being healed. The blind are seeing. The lame are, are, are walking. The lepers are, are, are healed. People's lives are being restored. This is what we were anticipating for the coming Messiah, the coming King of Israel. So, Mary and Joseph, the first Christmas that, that ever occurred with, with Jesus' birth, they wouldn't have had the Christmas tree. They wouldn't have had the, the, the meal planned that we would have had planned. Um, it would have been a somber night, a night of maybe anticipation and a night of, of, of wondering what, what would this mean? You see, you see literally Mary, it, it describes her as storing up all of these things in her heart and pondering what does this all mean and what, what is all going to come 
of this. I mean, and, and, and as followers of Jesus, we look back onto this scenario knowing what all happened. But Mary and Joseph coming into it would have had no other than what was spoken in the prophets, no full understanding of all of the implications that would actually come from what was about to happen with God moving in this way. This was a fulfillment of, of this long-awaited promise that their people had waited on for thousands of years. And even for them, there was many turns, unexpected interruptions to the promise, falls, rises of kingdoms, broken periods of civil war amongst themselves and, and, and returns back to their land. And they were ready for change. And their Messiah had come. So this was, this was all of the anticipation that we, we talked about, we covered last week, that was, that was happening around the birth and the anticipation of the birth of Jesus. But along with this anticipation, there were other experiences that were being had. Uh, one of which is that things did not go the way Mary and Joseph planned for their lives to go. And when God moves and when God breaks into a scenario in the same way for us, it can appear differently than what we might have primarily expected him to move. So I want to articulate the fact that things don't always go as we plan. But what God's plan is, will, and always will prevail. An unexpected pregnancy like this was, it was a major disruption for Mary and Joseph. Their life and their plans, I mean, me and, me and Felicia, uh, uh, we, we have a baby now. And so we're, we're four months into the parenting process. And we know how uh, much disruptions a baby can, can cause and how how many delays even it can, it can take for, I mean, you're ready to go out of the door and then Maisie spits up all over her clothes and you need to change her because she's covered and spit up and they're, they're, then you're late for the, the next thing. And so there's this disruption and there, there's one after another of, of things that you might not anticipate, but they, they end up happening. And this isn't just the, the, the same type of disruptions that would come from. I mean, they, they would have expected these types of disruptions to happen in their life with, with a pregnancy. But it, it, it was more than just this for Mary and Joseph. What, what about their future plans? I mean, Joseph, it looks as if Joseph was literally about to bail out on Mary. Because it says here that he was a righteous man. And didn't want to disgrace her publicly. The, the word righteous, I think, look, looks a little bit differently in the way we look at it than the way perhaps Matthew was writing it to mean. Uh, oftentimes we get this picture of self-righteousness in our mind. We get this picture of perfection in our mind. And, and so the, the first century uh, people would have had this thought, uh, particularly in Hebrew, uh, for righteousness meaning tzedek uh, in Hebrew. 
would have meant ultimately someone who walks uprightly or someone who walks in the way of God. So Joseph was seen as this, so someone who did actually seek after walking in the way of God. I, I, I honestly believe that Joseph may not have fully believed what Mary was saying, even if he would have known full well that this was the type of prophecy that this would happen in. Joseph, I believe, genuinely wanted to make sure that he was walking in the way that God wanted him to. And he even went as far as saying he didn't want to disgrace her. He didn't want her to look badly. So he wanted to break this engagement off quietly. But you see the angel actually disrupting into the scenario and stopping him in his tracks and saying, no, this is, this is God's doing. And you see Joseph actually change course. You, you see when Joseph realizes what God's plan is, as a righteous man, he wanted to follow after that. But this meant it would affect his plans. Life's not going to go the same way that he had planned. Imagine if Mary and Joseph had a vision board. I, I doubt they had a vision board in their, in their house. But imagine, let's say, they had their own personal vision board or um, their own personal five-year plan. Like what, what, were they, what were they thinking that was going to happen um, five years into their marriage, ten years into their marriage? What, what was in their minds? What were they thinking about? What were their hopes? What were their dreams? What were their goals together? Because all of this would change the moment that they found out that they were about to raise the Messiah in their home. Everything would change as not even a year later they would end up as refugees fleeing to Egypt because they're trying to save their own lives because the leader of the area is after them because he knows the threat that Jesus presents to him. Yet this was the plan of God all along. When God moves in our lives, it may look very different than we planned for it to look. It may disrupt some plans that we even have for ourselves. Like we may actually even have a fantastic, God, godly, um, if you will, vision for our lives. But God may have an entirely different plan that's equally as godly, of course but different than what we might expect. It might look different for each and every one of us, but when I, I know for a fact that when God breaks into a scenario, there are at least a thing or two that's going to end up happening that, that's different than we would maybe go about doing it. Because we'll, we'll develop these strategies, we'll develop these visions, we'll develop these plans based on our strength, but we don't understand the variables of God, of how God's going to move in certain scenarios. Mary, she literally couldn't lay out a vision for her life saying, hey, I want to give birth as a virgin. 
Like you, you don't do that. You, you can't do that. You can't imagine fully what God is capable of doing in and through our lives. So one of the things I think that we can learn and, and, and pull from the life of Mary and Joseph here is that we need to accept the fact that, that God may not work according to our plans. He may not consult with us even about what he wants to do in us and through us. Isaiah 55, which is actually one of the passages, one of, one of the, the, the books um, that carries most of the most explicit prophecies about the coming of Jesus, he articulates full well this in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. He says this, because the people of Israel needed to be prepared that God might not do things according to their ways of thinking, that God might not do things according to their plans. He says this, chapter 55, verses 8 through 9, My thoughts are not like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Even if God tells us as plainly as he told Isaiah, when it begins to happen, as it began to happen even with Joseph and Mary, it can be surprising. It can be incredibly unexpected. And it wasn't just for Joseph and Mary that that when God began to move, it would interrupt and and disrupt kind of their course of life and, and be unexpected in ways they would never imagine. I mean, it was the same for... Mary's uh, relatives, uh, Zacharias and uh, Elizabeth. If you, if you expect, Zechariah was a, a priest, a high priest. And if you could imagine someone who should know about God moving or, or God's presence and the way God works, you would imagine it would be a high priest, right? People in religious orders who understand maybe the way of God and might have maybe even a little bit more time to study that and, and that their calling and their life is actually saturated and that you would imagine that when God begins to move that, that they would understand it and they would, they would expect God to move. But you actually find when, when the angel arrives to tell him that his wife, who is older in years, is, is about to give birth or is about to become pregnant and give birth to John the Baptist, who will be the prophet who paves the path for Jesus. He's blown away. He doesn't even believe. He has this moment of disbelief. Even though that he is in the presence of God in the Holy of Holies, as a high priest going in and out and and into these these places, I, I imagine... He would have been doing such a thing as, as that being his role. It says that the angel appeared to him during his time of service. We come to church. We spend time in prayer and devotions and and, and we're, we're spending time in the presence of God, but would we know what it even looked like when God begins to move, when God begins to work? Would, would it be as we expected? Would, would we be just only be looking for our plans and our thoughts and what we think is actually possible or even probable? And, and this is just our human limitations. This isn't, us, this isn't me trying to condemn us in, in the fact that we can't think the right way. This is me simply saying that we need to realize 
and accept the fact that he may not work the way that we think he's going to work, that he can work and actually plans in ways that we would never expect, that his thoughts are not like our thoughts, that he is far beyond anything we could ever imagine. So what if instead of fighting God, what if we make the detours and the changes and the adjustments and the, and the interruptions to our life part of the plan? I mean, as followers of Jesus, our goal is ultimately to walk, in the, walk willingly with God, right? Like we're not looking to just only accomplish our plans and goals in life. We're, we're wanting them to align with God's heart. We're wanting to walk. And I think that's great how, how, how you see Joseph embrace this once he, he clearly realizes that this is actually righteousness. This is tzedek. This is walking in the way of God because this is what God is doing. If, if we're actually seeking after that, We would integrate these as part of the plan and not as actually disappointments. And I'm not saying that every moment that goes awry or every uh, obstacle that comes our way is an act of God moving. The enemy is very much so at work in our lives. But what we do know is that we have a God that can redeem what the enemy is doing. That we have a God that is trying to counter the work of the enemy and is trying to thwart what the devil is doing in our lives. So even more so a reason that we should go with the plans of God. Do not let detours, interruptions, discourage us. But actually just inform the new course of direction that we have. Maybe you're in the midst of one of these experiences in your life right now where, where things aren't going according to plan and you're, you're super discouraged and you don't know exactly what to do. Have you thought that maybe God is doing something in a different way than you might thought of or perhaps he has different plans than what you, you may be even thinking about? And maybe you're on a journey uh, into something and you expect it and you, you, you've made a master plan and you have a vision for what you want to do. I and mean, we literally just talked through our vision as a church, our mission as a church, our plans as a church. I want to tell you this right now. I do not expect that every single plan and every single vision that we say that we want to see accomplished is always going to come the way we expect it to because we're working off of our encounters with God and what we're hearing from God but you better bet that with our limited human understandings of how God actually works in our society, that he wasn't able to fully reveal to us yet all of what he's actually able to do and, and for us to think about and put into words in the way in which he can actually move. So if you're stepping into something, expect it not to go exactly the way that you plan it to. Expect there to be potential interruptions and, and, and detours in and, and ways that God may actually want to move. But take time out to, to reflect and think through. Maybe, God, you, you're wanting to work in a new way. Um, what, what, what are you trying to say right now? Um, how are your thoughts actually different than the way I'm thinking about this? 
and begin to open ourselves up to, to God potentially working in ways that we don't typically expect him to work. And maybe, maybe you've, you've never stopped to think that God might actually have a different plan. And this is incredibly overwhelming to think that, yeah, you, you, yeah you're gonna, you have to let go in order to walk in the way of God. But if you want God to move, we need to not just accept the fact that God may work differently, but be willing to walk in that new way that God is going to move. God never promises that things are going to go the way that we plan for them to go. In fact, he reminds us in Isaiah, he shows us through Mary and Joseph that his plans are likely different than our plans are. But what he does promise is that he has a plan and that he is with us. And he's not going to leave us. And then if we open ourselves up, And, and don't plan for everything to go exactly the way that we plan for them to do, to go. Instead of fighting and wrestling with God, we would just walk willingly and, and, and lean in and listen for when God is moving differently. And not lose our expectant heart but anticipate God to move in ways we would never even imagine. Let me pray for us as we close out this message. Father, I thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. I thank you that even though that we uh, sometimes will wrestle with you um, and go another direction than you, that you still continue to often pursue after us, God. And I pray that we would just relieve our um, vision, our, our plans, our goals, our aims in life, we, that we would lay them down before you, uh, and that we would be open and expectant um, that, one, that you are going to move, but two, that you may move differently than we do, and that we would have a posture like Mary and Joseph, uh, this posture of willingness to do what it is that you are wanting to do in our lives, God. We pray that you would move in incredible ways that we would never even expect because we know that's who you are. And we, we pray for you to move in our families. We pray for you to move in our city. We pray for you to move in our workplaces. We pray, God, that, that you would show up in a new way. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Our community aims to be a life-giving church that helps you find refuge and rest through following Jesus. Thank you so much for your support. If you're looking to connect with us, you can find us online at rouge.church or on any social media platform at rougechurchmi. Or you can just shoot us an email at connect at rouge.church.